worship. We pray, Lord, that you would meet us and that you'd speak to us and that you would do that transforming work. We thank you that... <clears throat> we do thank you, Lord, that when, uh, when you change us, the truth is you create a whole new person. You don't just remake the old thing. You're not into just remodeling, Lord. You want to you wanna do a brand new thing. And that's our desire. So we look forward to what you will do this evening. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks, you guys, for leading us. You know, I um, want to let you know that uh, we did hear from Pastor Brett. He did say no news is good news. And we heard from him on Monday. And I'm, I, I'm, I hesitate to tell you, but he got there okay. <laughs> he got there okay, and that's why he called, and, and that's really all we know. The rest of it is, he said, no news is good news. So we're, we're taking him at his word and trusting that the Lord is doing a good thing through him and in him. And um, I invite you to keep him in your prayers. Keep uh, his family in your prayers as well. Uh, Christina and the children, as, as uh, yeah, I know that there's some anxiety with the fact that he's in the middle of a war zone. <laughs> and um, so, um, I, uh, would you please keep them in your prayers over the next uh, week and a half as he returns, as he does his work there and returns. Uh, I know that the Lord will hear and honor those prayers. I'd also like to ask you to pray for Tony Bruno, our youth pastor. Bless his heart. He is um, he's a real dedicated servant. And some of you may not know, but uh, when he went to youth camp, he got a skin infection that has turned very serious, quite honestly. Um, some of you know what staph infection is, right? And he's end up, ended up with a staph infection on his leg. Well, they are um, planning to leave tomorrow for the Utah mission trip, and Tony is a big part of that. And the doctor that has given him the A-OK -okay to go, but um, as, as, as he goes, we need to continue to cover him in prayer because um, that could go either way very easily, and, and we want it to go away, right? And so uh, I do ask that you pray for him. In fact, why don't we do that right now and for the whole mission team? Lord, we do uh, lift Tony to you and pray for his healing. Lord, uh, we thank you that he's under good care now and that uh, the uh, medication that he's been given seems to be effective. But, but Lord, we know that the truth is that you are the healer. And so we ask that you would extend your healing touch to him and that you would provide protection as well uh, for those who are traveling with him as uh, staff is an infectious and very infectious kind of thing. We know that he's taking every uh, precaution, but we do pray for sovereign protection, Lord, and for um, a dramatic healing touch on his body that it would not hinder his work there this next week in Utah. And Lord, we continue to lift Brett to you as well. And um, pray that you would... Um, do that marvelous work in him and through him. And now, Lord, we lift up Josh to you, um, dear servant and brother who has come to share with us this evening. And we pray that you would speak through him, help us have ears to hear your voice, and we look forward to what he will share. In Jesus' name, amen. I'd like for you to welcome Josh Perlman. Josh is... Uh, Josh is a dear brother uh, who is uh, serving as pastor at uh, Refuge Church down at um, 107th and Camelback in the Hope Center down there. That's correct. And um, yeah. uh, the church is about a year and a half old now. About a year and a half old. That's right. And God is doing a great thing. Well, we got you on our elder board. That's true. <laughs> That's true. And tell us a little bit. Um, about the nature of the church and, and who it is and, and why you guys are doing what you're doing. 
not, not long ago, God called us out to go and start a church. Uh, well, pick up a church. The church was currently, Calvary Chapel is going on out there in Avondale area. Uh, we're on the border of like four cities, Phoenix, Maryville, Avondale, Goodyear, Litchfield Park. We just don't really know. We don't have a place. So we just called it a refuge. And we come and gather at a community center. And we plug in with our community that's around us. And we get, uh, we've been sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ for about a year and a half. And God's been steadily growing. Uh, neighborhoods have been changing. And people have been coming to know the Lord in, uh, in it feels like in droves, but it's a, uh, but slow and steady. You know, for a small church, we started with twelve, and and now God's grown it to about a couple hundred of folks in a wow. year and a half, and it's that's been neat awesome. to see what God's doing. Yeah, yeah. that's awesome. Yeah. Well, um, J- Josh and the Refuge are are uh, brothers and sisters of ours. We are. We are part of the Calvary Chapel uh, family, and in fact, I was just with Pastor Brett and Tony in California on the the senior pastors uh pastor conference and i'm i'm hoping the staff infection doesn't affect this staff right here (laughs) (laughs) type of thing i was texting tony today i'm like because tony was supposed to teach tonight tony was supposed to to share the gospel tonight and so uh you you guys you have to know what an awesome pastoral team and staff and eldership you have here it's really phenomenal uh god is god is doing some great things uh here at calvary chapel surprise because I live here in Surprise, and it's nice to, uh, this is so, I thought we were running late, and it took us like two minutes <laughs> to get here. I was so excited, so excited to, to drive. Well, great. Barbara, Josh's wife, is here tonight. No, you're going to have to lift your hand a little higher than that so that we can identify you. Yeah. So you guys say hello to them tonight after the service. I know you'll be blessed by what Josh shares. Awesome. Thanks, Pastor Brad. Thanks. Pastor Brad's so cool. You guys are so, do you guys know how cool Pastor Brad is? He's cool. You should stand next to him sometime, and, and you'll get a lot colder because he's just that, he's that cool of a, of a man. Uh, when we began the church, he was, a, when I first heard about it, uh, he was the first guy I called, asked to be on the elder board uh, because uh, he's just full of great wisdom. He doesn't have a lot of gray hair, but he does have a lot of great wisdom and encouragement uh, with that. If you would, would you turn your Bibles to the book of John, please? John chapter 4. Uh, Tony and I used to be in youth ministry together. I was at Calvary Community Church, and he was here at Calvary Chapel Surprise. And he lived, actually, by Calvary Community Church, and I lived right here in Surprise. And I can't tell you how many times we asked to swap and, and try to teach for each other. It never happened until tonight, <laughs> under the wrong circumstances, unfortunately. Uh, but it's, uh, it's a privilege and honor to be with you this evening. And in fact, it's, it's funny. Uh, Tonight, uh, a few weeks, few months, January, January, my wife and I had a special privilege and opportunity for four years. My wife has tried to get on the Wheel of Fortune, and uh, she finally made it, but uh, I was attached to the, the project, and we taped an episode on my birthday of all days, January 15th, and tonight they are re-airing the episode on which we were on. So if you didn't see me on TV, you get to see me here anyway. <laughs> it's awesome. And uh, we were on the Blue Square we didn't win, and I, I praise the Lord for that because I think people would have been asking us for money all the time, like, uh, for stuff. But you're a pastor. You should give it all away. I'm like, well, we did. The taxes. It's called taxes uh, and stuff. But it was a lot of fun. Great experience. It wasn't about the money, truly. It was always about just the competition. It's fun. It's fun. And I knew it was an opportunity for us to share the gospel. And I, I the moment we got on, I realized it was a, it was a platform to share the Word of God with people. And I was going to share a couple messages tonight. I found out yesterday I was going to teach, and uh, God did an audible, called an audible on me, and uh, we're going to be teaching about sharing the gospel. So I titled this message Evangelism 101, and there's probably no better way to, to learn about evangelism than to audit the class from the teacher himself, Jesus Christ. This is the best class you'll ever want to audit, and so we're going to take a peek and look at how does Jesus evangelize. Do you want to know? Do you want to know? You're eager? Yes. You're going to balls of your feet? Yeah, maybe. Some of you? Okay. All right. That can feel the tension in this room. It's exciting. Uh, it's, it's awesome. All right. I want to read. Let's uh, look at John 4, 27. We'll start there. 
says, at this time, his disciples came and they were amazed that he, Jesus, had been speaking with this woman, yet no one said, what do you seek or why do you speak with her? So the woman left her water pot and went into the city and said to the men, come, see a man who told me all these things that I have come, that, that, that I have done. This is not the Christ, is it? They went out of the city and were coming to him. Verse 31, meanwhile, the disciples were urging him, saying, Rabbi, eat. But he said to them, I have food to eat that you do not know about. So the disciples were saying to one another, no one brought him anything to eat, did he? So Jesus said to him, my food is to do the will of him who sent me and to accomplish his work. Do you not say there are yet four months and then comes the harvest? Behold, I say to you, lift up your eyes. Would you say that with me? One, two, three. Lift up your eyes. That was almost everybody. One, two, three. Lift up your eyes and look on the fields that they are white for harvest. Already he who reaps is receiving wages and is gathering fruit for eternal life so that he who sows and he who reaps may rejoice together. For in this case, the saying is true. One sows and another reaps. I sent you to reap that for which you have not labored. Others have labored and have entered into their labor. Let's pray. Father, we come before you. We thank you for your word. We thank you for this time. Such a blessing to be here. And in the midst of being here, Lord, we lift up to you Pastor Brett and Pastor Tony as uh, they're in a way they're one's getting ready for a missions trip and one is already on one. And, and Lord, we ask and pray that you would be there with them, encourage them. We pray for that you would uh, equip them in their health, that you would restore their bodies, that you would keep them safe, and that the word that they are going to teach and share on their missions trips would, would be profound and have a great impact. That seeds would be planted, you would water it, and there would be a harvest that day. Thank you for tonight and this word that you have for us in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. I, I was, I don't know about you, but on the way over here, my wife and I were talking about, we think we need to go to Payway when we're done, because uh, we haven't eaten all day. You ever been uh, just hungry? Anybody hungry? Yeah? Okay, food's not on me, but <laughs> we're, uh, I, I don't know about you, I, I love to go out to a restaurant or to a place that's just good, delicious, and you go there for the anticipation that you're fed well, and you get full. I'm one of these guys that goes to a restaurant, and I, I, I really like to see how the waiter serves me. Am I Am I going to get my tea refilled uh, a lot? Because uh, I usually down it in the first minute it's on my table, and then I'm waiting and waiting. I, I think at Olive Garden they have like a microphone in their little uh, uh, flower thing or, or fruit, because we always like, hey, I need a refill, and then they come around. It's really fascinating. Uh, you should try it sometime yourself if you haven't already. I, it, I, I like to go because I like to get full. I like to get fed. I like to get, I, I'm, I'm hungry for something. I want my belly to get its expectation met. Isn't that why you go to go to a place to eat? It's a dis so disappointing when you go someplace and it's awful. And you didn't get, you didn't enjoy the food. Service was terrible. Bad taste in your mouth. You're not even full or you are full and it doesn't even, why is it even sitting there? I just wasted 25 bucks on something I could have, I could have saw a movie that stunk this bad. And the, at least the popcorn would have been better, right? Yeah, it's something. We eat to get our bellies full. And I don't know about you, but there's a lot of people in the world, a lot of people, hungry. Hungry for something. They're hungry to get something in that belly. You know, you've probably heard it from Austin Powers. Get in my belly. Have you heard that? Might have that movie line or not. It's probably, ooh, I know, sacrilegious. Austin Powers at church. Okay, I know. But... But there's this line I, I heard, you know, like, get in that belly. And you want to get something in that belly. If there's something in that belly, the soul, something in, in, the, in the seat of your emotion, something that, that is, people are craving, it is the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's the good news. People want it. They're hungry for it. And we are the source. We, God, for some reason, chose you and I to be the evangelist. He chose you among all others to be the one. That gets to share this glorious, wonderful good news. 
do me a favor, turn to somebody next to you or across the aisle and say, you're the one God chose to share the good news. Tell them, tell them. Let them know, you're the one God chose. Yes, you're the one, you front row people. You're the one that God chose. God chose you. God chose you to share the good news. Sharing the gospel truly is fulfilling. All right, let me say that again. It is full, full, F-U-L-L, filling. It's truly fulfilling. Jesus, he's always going around feeding people. He's letting people know, I'm not hungry. I'm full. I'm full. It, it brings great joy to everybody's souls, God's word, doesn't it? When people's got their food and their manna, their bread out of heaven came to this earth, Jesus, he's feeding one, two, three, four, five thousand 10,000 people at one time. He's feeding everybody with this food. People were hungry, what Jesus was promoting, what he was giving. I love what 1 John 1, 4 says. I'll just read it to you. You can write it down. Listen to what it says. John writes this. I share with you this gospel so that my joy may be made full or complete. I love that. I share with you this gospel. Gospel means the good news. This, this right here is good. It's tasty. Yummy. I share with you this gospel because you will be made full. In fact, your joy, he says, my joy is made full just by giving it to you. Proverbs eleven twenty five 25 says, those who are refreshed are themselves refreshed. This word is refreshing. It's great. It's great fulfilling comfort to know about the insurance that this offers too. It's just like when you go to a restaurant and get some food in your belly there's, you're like, okay, it's good. I'm good for the rest of the day. Maybe I can make it all the way through breakfast or the next time you eat. There is an insurance. There is a comfort knowing that I'm going to make it, not just till tomorrow of knowing this good news, but I'm going to make it till eternity for what God has offered to me. It's a real thing. When you put it in that perspective, when you think about it from this angle, like there, there's great insurance. Do you realize like people's lives are endangered. You've heard of endangered species. Well, our, our world is endangered. There's an endangered species, and they're called human. And they're going to a place, a destination, when they, if they do not know Jesus Christ, they're going to a place called hell. Hell is real. Jesus talks about it. It's a real place. And houses are burning. They're burning on fire. And we've got to have this burning sensation within our hearts, within our homes, within our churches, to get passionate, to be on fire for those who are burning on fire. You understand what I'm saying? You are here on a Wednesday night, and I, I feel like on Wednesday night, if there's a night to talk to a, a group of Christians, tonight's the night. You're hungry. You, you didn't come on a Sunday where most people come to church, but you came on a Wednesday hungry for, to, feed, to feed yourself on something. Well, let me encourage you to feed you with so that you can go and help people to get some fire insurance, to get some life insurance. Let me encourage you to be equipped to do the gospel, to share the gospel. Evangelism 101. The gospel is only fulfilling when it's shared, though, in time. What is the gospel? I've said it before. It's the good news. You ever notice it's the good news? But the, it's only the good news when it's delivered on time. Imagine the guy who just died, and you tell him, you know, hey, Hey, did you hear about the good news? No. No, I missed it. Have you ever met those people? Like, because you haven't. You haven't been to eternity yet. But one day you will. One day you're going to go to heaven. One day you're going to stand before the Lord. And he's going to ask you, what did you do for me? Did you have the opportunity to share the good news with me? For me? Did you have the opportunity to share the good news for me? I don't want to put a guilt trip or anything like that. In fact, I don't, that's, well, let me just level the playing field right now. I think we're all on a level basis. Tonight, we are going to become equipped to get on the call, to be on the call, to be like a fireman, to be a, like a rescue response person. There are people in great need. I heard a preacher once, he kept doing this. And it was driving everybody insane because he went on for this like three minutes. I'm not going to do that for you tonight. It's just maybe a minute. But he said, every time I'm snapping my fingers, there is a person 
that is dying every second in this world? And do they know about the good news until it's over, till the last stop? When is it too late? I hope it's never too late for somebody. Tonight we get to to learn something very cool and powerful from the Lord. I want to show you something really neat. Verse, uh, we read John 4, verse 31. We meet this woman. She was sitting at the well. And she leaves. She goes and shares the gospel with others. Her hometown. And the disciples gather around and the disciples, uh, they're, they're saying, hey, Rabbi, eat. In verse 32, and he said to them, I have food to eat that you do not know about. And the disciples were saying to one another, hey, no one brought him anything to eat, did they? Hey, did you guys bring him McDonald's? Hey, wh- wh- what has he got? You got something underneath that robe of his? What's, wh- what is Jesus eating? Did he burn that off? Are you wearing those shoes, Jesus, or those sandals? I don't know. What are you walking on? What are you wearing? You know, it's like, Jesus, what did you eat? I don't know. And you guys, you guys are not getting it. He says, I just got eternally fed. L- let, let me exp- explain it. Look at he says, verse 34. He says, Jesus said to them, my food is to do the will of him who sent me and to accomplish his work. A disciple, a follower of God, is to do the will of the Lord. I love it. First Thessalonians 4, 3 says, the will of the Lord is sanctification. It's to be set apart for him in all things. One of the great accomplishments or the things that we do for the will of God is to be set apart for him. That means we are out and about sharing this good news with somebody, with a brother and sister. Look what he says. This is the will of God, to do the will of him who sent me and to accomplish this work. He explains it. He breaks it down. The word sent me, you could say, is so, and to accomplish his work would mean to reap. Look, verse 35. He says, do you not see there are yet four months, and then comes the harvest? Behold, I say to you, lift up your eyes, look on the fields that they are white for the harvest. Already he who reaps is receiving wages and is gathering fruit for life eternal. They're, they're, they're sowing. He's sowing. He's sowing the food out there. He's looking at the harvest. He's sowing it. And then he's like, then you're going to reap. You're going to accomplish it. So that, verse 36, part B, so that he who sows and he who reaps may rejoice together. For in this case, the saying is true. One sows and another reaps. There's always somebody casting out the word of God. And there's always somebody that's collecting, collecting this, reaping. God wants us to sow and he wants us to reap. He wants us to share his word with somebody, share the gospel, God's grace. God loves you no matter what. God accepts you just as you are. You are beautiful, wonderfully made, created in in the image of the Lord. There is no one like you. Do you realize that that simple truth? Like I I was thinking of Psalm 139, great passage in Scripture. It says, you are fearfully and wonderfully made. You are unique and precious to the Lord. That means you you are unique. There is not one person exactly like you at all. I'm a twin. I'm an identical twin. And yet my brother and I are different. When God made you, he took that blueprint and he tore it up and threw it away because he made you perfectly just the way that you are. He loves you just the way you are. He wants you. That's why he made you. You have a purpose. You have a plan. And he desires to have a relationship with you. Religion is off the grid. It's about a relationship with God. And when we let people know that God Almighty who created you loves you, just as you are, and he wants a relationship with you. He doesn't want to disown you. He doesn't want to stick his hand out and say, I don't want to be a part of you. He wants to be a part of your life. Share that goodness. And then someone's got to be out there to reap it. Someone, maybe it's the pastor. Maybe the pastor gets up and he gives an altar call. Maybe it's Greg Glory at one of his harvest crusades. Maybe it's some guy on, 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 a, on the TV. Maybe he's just sitting there in his room, that individual, and that person's praying. And the Lord receives that harvest. But this is the will of the Lord. God wants us to. He says it here in chapter 4. This is fascinating. I, I, we were at, uh, at the refuge. We've been studying the book of John. and um, So I went back to this. I thought this was unique. But notice that he says, I had you guys say it out loud with me. Verse 35. It says, do you not say there are four months and then comes the harvest? He says, behold, I say to you. What does he say? What, what's that line? 
Lift up your eyes and look on the fields. They are white for the harvest. When we were studying the book of John chapter 6, if you would turn over for just a moment, Jesus taught this to his disciples. Remember the scene, he's teaching his disciples. And then just a couple chapters, maybe a few days later, I don't know the exact time of reference. But after his teaching, he does a little application. Let's see if you guys picked up on it. Look what Jesus is, is, he's feeding the 5,000 in chapter 6. And it says there in verse 3, Then Jesus went up on the mountain, and there he sat down with his disciples. Now, the Passover, the feast of the Jews was near, and therefore Jesus, what is he doing? Oh, come on, come on, say it with me. Three, two, one. Lifting up his eyes. Look at it. He's lifting up his eyes and seeing that a large crowd was coming to him, said to Philip, Hey, Philip, where are we to buy bread so that these may eat? Oh, remember John 4 just a minute ago? He says, Hey, guys, where's the food? Jesus said he's not hungry. Oh, Jesus said to them, My food is to do the will of him who sent me and accomplish his work. I just fed this woman. I fed her me. I'm, I'm the living word of God. I'm the bread of life. And here, Jesus says, here, Philip, I want to see if you get this. Here, you ready? He says, Philip, I want, and he said it, verse 6, this is, he was saying to test him, for he himself knew what he was intending to do. Philip, where are we going to buy bread? Where are we going to get bread so that these may eat? I, I just get this picture, Jesus lifting up his eyes, looking at the Thousands of people before him. Look at the fields. They're white for the harvest. Ready for the taking. I wonder if Jesus was truly actually saying to Philip, what if, instead of looking for food, looking at me as the food? Church, would you, this tonight, would you look up? Instead of always looking down in this world, the city of surprise. All across Phoenix or Maricopa County for that matter. Would you look up and look at the people? They're hurting inside. They're needing something. They need a Savior. His name is Jesus. You know Him. Us as Christians, we hold on to this something really good, but but when it's a good movie, we're like, oh, have you seen Inside Out? Oh, it's awesome. you got to go see that. Oh, man, did you see that TV show? Oh, it was killer, man. It was great. Oh, hey, i got this joke for you. i got to tell you this joke. And sometimes the last thing on our, on our mouth, the greatest thing, the thing that's eternal, is Jesus himself. You know, he's saying, pray to me a clean heart, O Lord. Renew a right spirit with me. Uh, we, we, we sing... Uh, Oh, what was that last song again? Change my heart, oh God. There it is. Make it ever new. Change my heart. This is this changes the heart. It's about the heart. So you ready to audit a class with me? Are you ready to take a look at how to do this? Gospel giving? That's where you say, yeah. Yeah, okay, yeah. If, 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 okay. It's all right. We're auditing the class. There's, not, there's no fee. Okay. There's no, it's okay. I, I love... I, <laughs> I know. There's a fear. There's a fear. You know, there's a fear. All right. the, like, yeah, I, it's great. Forgive me. I'm, I'm, I'm not laughing. I'm laughing. We're laughing together, right? Okay, on this thing. There, there is a true fear. Like, okay, you ready to learn about how, how to share the gospel with somebody? There, there's a fear. I get it. You know, the, um, Paul says to be ready in season and out of season to share the good news. Uh, he, he even encouraged us, you know, uh, God hasn't even given us a spirit of fear, but power, love, and a sound mind. And yet the enemy, the enemy he'll love to, to try to make you be afraid of anything, for that matter. To, the, the, the most important thing, to share the gospel, the good news. It's been said the greatest fear of all time is not even death. It's public speaking. <laughs> That's why some of you blast people through Facebook. Because I can do it through my Facebook and hit send and take that, world. You know, you ever do that? Oh, I know you do when you're texting. Oh, yeah, blah, 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 blah. And you're like, oh, I wish I could have took that. <laughs> uh, but you can't, can you? Once it's out there, it's out there. Oh, but public speaking is, is a fearful thing. 
And it's there. Nobody likes to share the good news sometimes because you're afraid. And the devil's tricky that way. He likes to hop into your co-pilot seat and likes to whisper into your ear and to cast doubt, cast this dissension, this disagreement in your mind. Oh, I, if you do it, they're not going to be your friends anymore. Don't say a word. And the devil would love, I mean, it's all, he's all about, he's all about distracting you and getting you off your game. Don't let him. Don't let him. But he's tricky in that way. You know, I know, I know, it's easy. Before I was a pastor, I was a, I was a marketer at Costco. And uh, in marketing school, they teach you, it's very easy to manipulate people with just a word. And I'll do it here tonight with you. But I need your help. You've got to be very audible with me. All right? Can, can you? Say yes. Yes. Okay, good. All right, we're practicing. All right. So, for instance, this is how, this is how tricky the devil is. Okay, this is an easy marketing tactic. So I'm going to say a word four times. I want you to say it with me. And after, we're, after the fourth time I say it, you, I'm going to ask you a question. And you say the first word that pops out of your head. Okay? Can you do that? Okay. All right. The word I like to say to you is spot. Okay? Ready? Spot, 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 spot. What do you do to green light? Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. Did you catch that? <laughs> I heard like two people say the right answer. What do you do to green light? You go. But everybody in here said stop. Okay. First of all, when we leave tonight, I want to go first. All right? <laughs> you guys, I don't know about driving school that you might need to do or not. Okay, but I let me leave first. I know what green means. Okay, <laughs> go. All right, let's try it again. Let's try it again. This will be fun. Okay, uh, the word the word is um, most most. Okay, we're gonna say it four times. All right, here we go. Three, two, one. Most 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 most. What are you putting in a toaster? Okay, yeah, it's yeah yeah yeah. Okay, we put bread in the toaster and. Toast popped out. Okay, that's good. It's good. Okay, see, easy, easy. I got you with one word. One word. Oh, the devil's got so many things on you. He knows your past. He knows what you're going through in life. He knows every little fear that's in and around you. And he's going to try every possible way to get you off your game so that you don't share the very most important thing, the most important thing in life. This good news of Jesus Christ. Got to share it. Because otherwise it's pointless. Do you believe? Do you really believe in the Lord Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? Because if you do, church, you're going to be passionate about that person that does not know the Lord. Maybe it's your family member. Maybe it's your brother or sister. Maybe it's your wife or husband. But let them know the good news. Because death is real. We need to have a love for the lost. I wonder if one day Jesus is going to say to all of us, I gave you Facebook. I gave you Twitter. Instagram. I even allowed Snapchat. Let it happen. But come on. Get the good news out there. But we have to be tactful. We have to be smart. You have to be wise. You have to be loving and graceful. And Jesus was that very same thing to this woman at the well. Let's look at here for just a moment. We've come on the scene, John chapter 4, and we'll begin at verse 4. And the number one thing in this course as we learn about auditing God's class, and there are seven basic steps that we're going to see to evangelize the way Jesus does. And the number one step I want you to write down, you're auditing in this class, number one, have a burden. Say that with me. Have a burden. Have a burden. Share, share this burden. Look at what Jesus does, verse 4. It says, and he had to pass through Samaria. We should even back up. He left, verse 3, he left Judea and went away again into Galilee, and he had to pass through Samaria. Would you say had to with me? He had to. Oh, man, he had to. There was two routes to get to Galilee. One through Samaria, Jews. It was like anti, we don't go through, we just don't go to Samaria. It's like, it was the street of Grand Avenue, okay? You know here in Surprise, you take Grand Avenue or Bell Road. Most of us, we probably are stuck on Bell Road most of the time, or we try our little exits, like you take Greenway all the way down, and then you take, what's that, Dysart, hitting down to Bell, and then, you know, it, you've missed a couple lights along the way. 
You know, you lived out here long enough. You get some ideas. Sometimes you take grand because you're just forced to. Or now we can take what? The 303, you know, all the way around to the I-10 and different places. It's nice. It's the same type of way. Samaria, the road to Samaria was like Grand Avenue. Cut it straight to the heart. It's the beeline. Easy way. But most people didn't do it. Jews didn't do it because they didn't like the Samaritans. But notice, Jesus, he what? Had to. Come on, hashtag, had to, all right? Yeah, he had to, had to go there. He had to move there. He had to go. He had a burden for the lost. She was not the most respected person in the town. Here she's meeting Jesus in the middle of the day, getting her water bucket. Man, we live in a desert. Isn't it hot during the middle of the day? I don't go and get water at the water depot places in the middle of the day. I go at nighttime or in the morning. Everybody did that in Israel. Everybody, except for those who were like an outcast. And in this case, this woman went to a place where she knew nobody would be, let alone a Jewish teacher named Jesus. Oh, she had something, a rude awakening coming. She comes in the midday, and she's trying to, in a way, I, you could say, fulfill her life. She tried to fill, fulfill her life with men. We will read in this account. She tried to fill it with many different men. And yet, to no avail, you're just always looking for something in the middle of your heart to be met. God is the true source. He's a true life source. He knows what we need. And if we, boy, if we would just come to Him. He had a burden for this woman. And you and I cannot have a distaste for the lost. I love it because here he goes through to Samaria. Jesus doesn't care about a, a, a race problem. It's not a, not a gender issue or a bi-gender issue or a tri-gender issue or a Chris-Jenner issue. <laughs> I don't know what issue... Bruce Jenner, what is his name? I don't know, Caitlyn Jenner. I, okay, uh, it's not a gender issue. If you're homosexual or not homosexual, it's a heart issue. It's an identity issue. If you're black, you're white, you're Indian, if you're little or tall, it doesn't matter. To God, they're all the same. For God so loved the world he gave. God so loved the what? The world. That means all. He has come for all. Not for some, the few, or the little. He came for not just the many. He came for all. God loves this world. So we have a burden, number one. And number two, we got to do what? Go. Say that with me. we got to go. It's right there in the word gospel. G-O. What? Go. we got to go. Church. Church is for church. Wednesday night, come prepared, get on fire, get excited, and then tomorrow, you got to what? Go. That's right. Go to work, go tell somebody. Go to your Facebook page, gentle and kind, tell somebody. Go somewhere. Tell somebody about this good news. It's my story. It truly is my story. I was sitting in my office at Calvary Community Church. God has spoken to me many times, many times through many people on what to do about starting a church or go. I didn't even know there was going to be a church that needed a pastor. And yeah, I was praying. I heard from so many different ways and things for many years, a couple of years. And I said, God, I had enough of this. I need to hear from you in your own word. Give me something now. And I was pretty direct. I don't mean to be rude or disrespectful to the Lord, but I was like, give me something now. And then I got a text from my mom. My mom, first of all, love her to death. But she never sends me a Bible verse. Never once until that day. And she sent me a Bible verse. She says, Joshua, God wanted me to send you a Bible verse, and here it is. Now, my mom, <laughs> so funny, because she needs glasses to put it on her phone, and she does like, you know, like that. The moment after I prayed is when I received this text from my mom. So this was pre-planned, premeditated by God. Oh, is he good or what? But I get this text. And she says, here's a verse from God. It says, Isaiah chapter 6. And he says, Isaiah asked the Lord, 
Lord, who shall I send? Or the Lord asks, Lord asks, who shall I send and who will go for us? And Isaiah says, here I am, send me. And then the Lord said, go. I was like, no way. No way. There's one verse in the Bible that means to go do something for the Lord. And that was it. That was it for me. I closed up my Bible, went into Pastor Mark's office. I said, I think God's telling me to go. And then a couple months later, a church opened up and I was gone. And I was gone to a community, a community that that for for years was dead. There was not a church, there's not a church around. And all of a sudden we started there with 12 people, and now several hundred are there within a year and a half, and they're coming to the Lord. It's awesome. But there's got to be a burden. We've got to go. Jesus tells his disciples, go therefore and make disciples of all the nations. I am with you to the end of the age. We need to go and know that God is not apart from you. He's there with you. God's got your back. He's got your front. He's got your side. He's got everything. Just trust him. Don't be afraid. We have no need to be afraid. I know we are fearful with Iran and some other things that are happening in this country. But don't be afraid. These are good things. God's in control. And he's coming back. And we've got to get our game on. Amen? Number three, we've got to create a dialogue, not a monologue. Say that with me. We've got to create a dialogue, not a, mile, not a monologue, or a mile-log, you could say. All right? Look at it. Verse uh, 7. There came a woman of Samaria to draw water. Jesus said to her, give me a drink. For his disciples had gone away into the city to buy food. Therefore, the Samaritan woman said to him, how is it that you, being a Jew, ask me for a drink, since I am a Samaritan woman? For Jews have no dealings with Samaritans. Ah, I love it. Jesus begins this conversation. Who was the first one to speak? That's where you reply. It's not a rhetorical question. Where, what? Jesus, yeah. Hey, one of the coolest answers in church, always Jesus, okay? Okay, there's like three easy answers in church. Jesus, the Bible, and prayer, okay? It's great. Youth ministry, get it all, all the time, all right? Awesome. So yeah, who, who's, who's the one talking here? Jesus. And who's the first one to start the conversation? Jesus. And who are we to be imitators of? Jesus, easy answers, right? Good God, awesome, I love it. Jesus is the one, Jesus, he, he's the icebreaker. It's, it's, it's simple, make first contact. You know, we're working at, at Costco is the easiest way when you meet people, you just always look at them in the face and smile. But, but you know you're rude when someone's walking in the door and you're like, Hey, whoa, <laughs> that's some awesome breath. You know, you ever, you ever just make rude comments? It's, it's like rude, but I, eyes, eyes are the best. I asked the, <laughs> this is so wrong in church, but, and forgive me if you're parents and you have kids right now, but I'm, I'm going on a ledge here. But I asked a guy once, this guy I would always see, he'd always have like girlfriend after girlfriend after girlfriend. I'm like, how in the world do you, what, what do you have? Like a magic spell or something? And he says, uh, no, he's like, Joshua, it's simple. I just smile, and I, I, I wave with my eyes. It's, it's weird. And, and he's like, every girl, they look up at me, and they're like, hmm. I'm like, wow, that's it? That's all you do? It worked. I found my wife, okay? It worked. Uh, it, fascinating. Uh, but it's amazing how you just a smile, a look, a greet. It's just like, it's easy. Uh, make the contact. You know, first contact, you're, we're not of this world, Christians, okay? Make first contact with the aliens, all right? Come on, let them know about the gospel of Jesus Christ. If you have to say hi, pardon me, do you have any gray poupons? You know, I don't know what you got to do or say, I, hey, I can't believe it's not butter. You know, I don't know what you say, but, but look, people, and if you don't know what to say, best thing, <laughs> best thing, what do people do today? They even have an old stick about it, you know, selfie sticks, right? Talk about their, themselves. Don't talk about you. People don't want to know about you, but talk about them. Boy, that's a beautiful shirt you got on today. Wow, you, you always have that much hair? That's awesome. Like, look at you. How do you? That's great. You know, just talk about them, and they'll be like, oh, 
you noticed. I know. It's, I got it at Kohl's. You know, I was like, I just all talking. They're into this thing. I know I used a new gel today. You know, I, I shaved my hair, you know, head. Uh, you know, they just it, talk about them. Just be like Jesus. What does he do here? He says, Jesus said to her, hey, give me a drink. Why do you, I mean, that's, she's at the well. She's got a bucket. That's not a bad idea, right? He's just, it's, it's not rocket science, people. It's not hard. Just evangelism 101. Have a burden. You got to go. And as you go, just start a conversation. Create dialogue, but not a monologue about yourself. Leave that to the pastor. Okay. All right. Number four. Number four. Personal testimony. Say it with me. What? Personal testimony. Got to have a personal testimony. Verse 10. Verse 10. Jesus answered and said to her, If you knew the gift of God, and who it is who says to you, give me a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. Oh, so good. Personal testimony. If you just knew who asked you. Let me tell you about, my, let me tell you about myself. Let me tell you, I'm the living water. If you had only known who asked you this, I, I wouldn't have just given you just water. I... I I don't want water from a well. I want to give you this refreshing, everlasting, arrowhead spring, living water. Got to give this to you. You'll never thirst again. Never thirst again. Have you ever started sharing the gospel with somebody or you didn't, you didn't even know what to say and, and you start giving a testimony about your, this like hour long about how awful you were and then all of a sudden this like, and then the Lord saved me. And it's great. Wait a minute. <laughs> I don't want to hear about the garbage. People already have baggage. I want to hear about the good stuff, what is offered. I want to hear about that something that's lasting. In fact, everlasting. I want to hear the good news. And the best story to share is what God has done for you. Not something that you did in your past that was awful. Don't glorify the junk. Glorify the Lord. Amen. Yeah, preach it, brother. Okay. Yes. That is a great amen. I, 1 Corinthians 10, 31 says it this way. I, I, yeah, for, yeah. Whatever you do, whether you eat or drink, do it for the glory of the Lord. Do it for God's glory. Share the gospel for the Lord. And tell them the good things that God has done in your life. Oh, he's helped my marriage. My marriage is great. My, I love my wife now. Like she loves me now. It's amazing. My kids, I'm there for my kids. What God has restored in my relationship with my kids is amazing. Have, have, you, seen, have you seen what my grandchildren are doing these days? How I get to pour into my grandkids. What God has taught me and I get to teach them Bible stories after Bible stories. There was this prayer request one time. I was praying and God answered it. Like a, a text and God said, go and start a church. I'm like, that's cool. That's a testimony. It's not what I did. It's what God did in me and through me, and what he chose to do. And he's given these little testimonies in your life so that you can proclaim the good news to somebody. Let them know. Let them know this great news that God has for us. Number five, this. Number five, share the benefits. Let them know the benefits. Say that with me, the, the what? The benefits. Look at verse 13. Jesus answered and said to her, everyone who drinks of this water will thirst again, but... Whoever drinks of the water that I will give him shall never thirst, but the water that I will give him will become in him a well of water springing up to what? Eternal life. Ah, share them the good news. This is what they want to hear. Give them the benefits. All right, I've seen your walk. You started this conversation with me. You're excited. You're passionate about something. I don't know what it is. And you're telling me about God and how God did something in your life, how God's really working at Calvary Chapel Surprise and how he's ministering to the people. And, and this is why. Because he takes every person and he loves them just where they're at and he accepts them and he forgives them. Because I once didn't have a life and now I have a life. I didn't know who I was a part of. I didn't know what, what even group I was with. I was searching. But now I, I found the, the treasure, the gold I've been looking for. 
and his name is Jesus Christ. And he offers that to you. He gives me eternal life. I'm not going to go to hell. I'm going to go to heaven. You know, you know, give a list. Maybe jot it down. Like, what are some benefits about being a Christian? Let's see, I got love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. You guys know that one? It's a good one. Self-control. Well, I, I wish it was on the bottom. I wish it was number one sometimes because people in America need self-control. People in surprise need self-control. On the street, you know, that's an amen too right there. All right. <laughs> they may mock you for it, but don't be worried about the good news that Jesus offers. Let them know. Number six, declare the baggage. The good and bad news. Let them know. Let them know that sin is sin. You tell them about the good news, but let them know. Look, look what Jesus says, verse 15. The woman said to him, well, sir, give me this water then. I, I want eternal life. So I will not be thirsty, nor come all the way here to draw. And he said to her, go, call your husband and come here. And the woman, uh, lost my spot. And the woman said to him, oh, la, 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 la. The woman answered, verse 17, and said, I have no husband. Jesus said to her, you have correctly answered. I have, you, you have no husband, for you have had five husbands, and the one whom you have now is not your husband. This you have said truth. And the woman said to him, Sir, I perceive that you are a prophet. She's blown away. I mean, <laughs> wouldn't that scare you? Someone called out all of your kind of sins at the moment. It would freak me out. But you've got to bring a point, a person, to know why they need a Savior. You've got to let them know why they are in trouble. The Bible says all have sinned and fallen short of God's glory. Everyone has missed the mark. That's what sin is. It's like a bullseye. I'm trying to hit a perfect mark with my bow and arrow. And if I miss it, it's called sin. We've all sinned. We've all fallen short. We've all missed the mark. But that's okay. Because there's one who hit the mark. His name is Jesus. And when people understand what Jesus offers and they realize their sin, then it's very simple to give them the seventh step. First of all, let's go through it. What's number one? Have a burden. Let's say it all together. Number one, what? Have a burden. Number two, go. Number three, create dialogue, not monologue. Number four, Personal testimony, good. Number five, share the benefits. Number six, declare the baggage because we all got some baggage. And number seven, give them Jesus. Give them Jesus. An old uh, gospel singer, Andre Crouch, used to say, Jesus is the answer for the world today. Above him, there's no other. Jesus is the way. He would say, hey, I'm the way. I am the truth. I am the life. There is no one, no way, no how, no possibility to get to heaven except through me. Now, he knew this because he had been there. He'd known how to get from the top. He came down to earth, and he knows how to get back up. It's like you wanting to hike the, hike the you know, let's say, Piestawa Peak or uh, Camelback Mountain. I would never take, have my son lead me, who's five or six now. I'd never ask him to, hey, would you lead me up Piestawa Peak? You know why I wouldn't ask him that? Because he's never done it before. He would probably get me lost. I probably wouldn't make it that far. But Jesus has been to the top of the mountain. He's done everything for me. He's been there. He knows how to get there. And so he says, I am the way. Very simple. And all you got to do is trust in me. Church, there is a great, great hope for us. Great, great hope. His name is Jesus Christ. And we have a great opportunity to share this good news. This woman, if you recall, and we read at the very beginning, she was so excited she left because she found Jesus and met Jesus. And she accepted him in her life. And she went back, and what did she do? She went and told 
deceived people in Samaria. And they came back and they stayed and had a, a couple more days with Jesus. Do you realize the opportunity if Surprise Arizona got passionate about this thing we hold in our hands called the Bible again? That the church got awakened. That the Holy Spirit just burst a new awakening in the valley of the sun. The Jesus movement may have been in the 70s, but Jesus is still moving, in case you haven't heard. Jesus wants to move, and he wants to move in your homes, in your lives, in your families, and in the city. And he's going to call the city alive, but it takes workers in the field to sow and some to reap in the harvest. So church, lift up your eyes. Look up. Lift up your eyes. Look up. Lift up your eyes. Father in heaven, may that be our cry in this desert, in this dry and barren land. That we would lift up our eyes, see the need, the hurt, the hungry, those who are just longing to be full filled with the love they've been searching for. God, I pray that you would use this church, this awesome Bible teaching, spirit-filled church in the Valley of the Sun, in Surprise, Arizona, the people that make up this building, that you would do a great and mighty work. I pray that you would do the work, not just here, but you would do it at Radiant, you would do it at CCV, you would do it at any church in this area. Father, we pray that your work would be done, not just here, but abroad, at the Refuge and Palm Valley, every church on this west side of town and throughout Maricopa County and across the place. Lord, we, we pray for a spiritual awakening that people would have a passion and burden to, to go. I pray right now that you'd put on our own hearts. Our own hearts, just people. People that we, you, maybe you have been telling us to go and tell just this wonderful thing about this good news. Jesus loves us just as we are. May we plant seeds today. And Lord, we pray that you would water it. And a harvest would be reaped for your kingdom. We thank you, Jesus, in your mighty name. Amen. Amen. Give the Lord a praise for his word. I, uh, maybe that's, oh, pardon. <laughs> Isn't that funny? I told Pastor Brad I'd, I'd be done, like, in a second. <laughs> I can, uh, but I went to the full time. Awesome. Uh, before we leave tonight, would you, uh, is it Dan? Who led us tonight in our song? Mike, Mike, forgive me. Forgive me, Mike. Mike, could you come here for a second? For just, a, just a moment. Um, Mike's going to lead us just in a cappella style with that last song for just a second. He didn't know that until just now. <laughs> um, sometimes I love to, Jesus, when he met with his disciples, they prayed together and then they gathered at, uh, on the mountaintop and then they, they sang a hymn when they left. And that last song we sang was when I was growing up. That was a hymn for me. And uh, would you guys sing that out loud together with us? Uh, ch yeah, change my yeah that one. Change my heart, oh God. Yeah. Change my heart, oh God. Make it ever true. Make it ever true. Change my heart, oh God. May I be like you. Change my heart, oh God. Make it ever true. 
Change my heart, oh God. May I be like you. Father, that is our cry. That is our prayer. That you would change our hearts. I pray that you would bless and keep each and every person to be strong and courageous. To walk in the strength of your might. May they not be fearful or full of dismay, but Father, wherever they go, may they know that you are with them. May the Lord give you their peace. Lord, give you, may he give you his peace. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless you.